Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Private Investors. I'm joined by Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. But I think, Victoria, we ought to look at um, US GDP numbers first, because obviously the states are so important. Um, So what's happened there? Hey, Simon. Yeah, so it is worth pointing these out just because we've seen the first uh, decline or negative print on US uh, GDP since mid-2020 when we were at the height of the pandemic. The US economy shrank by 1.4% in the first quarter, driven by supply chain problems, labour shortages, uh, the inflationary backdrop, of course, and the war in Ukraine as well. So all having a negative implications for uh, growth in the world's largest economy. And it's interesting because it's raising questions about the outlook for the Fed, because there's been a lot of talk lately about this accelerated path of tightening to come. You know, the Fed is expected to carry out a double 50 basis point hike at its uh, meeting in May. Traders are pricing in a 100% chance of that happening. And then at least three more 50 basis point hikes uh, this year at its subsequent meetings in June, July, and September. Now, if we were to see two consecutive quarters of negative growth, that would be a technical recession. So this is this really scary prospect of potential stagflation where we have uh, negative growth and we have inflation, which we know um, isn't going anywhere and is currently uh, pacing at its fastest rate since the early 80s. And not the sort of inflation that will be tempered much by raising interest rates, unfortunately. No, and, and that's the difficult thing for the Fed, because it's very much a demand side tool. And actually, the inflation we're seeing is coming from the supply side. It's driven by uh, commodities and wage inflation. Uh, so it's a difficult challenge that the Fed is facing, but it's got to do something. Perhaps if it can uh, take some of the heat out of the economy um, without dampening growth too much, at least bring prices uh, slightly lower. And that could help alleviate some of this inflationary pressure, at least uh, in the medium term. It's a fairly general problem, isn't it? I mean, I've seen articles saying that perhaps Germany is headed for a session as as well. Um, as well and, as the UK. We could be yeah. facing a, a similar situation yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Well, let's go from the general to the more um, particular and stay in the States because uh, Meta, as we all know, we used to be um, Facebook, they've had a big surge in their shares after uh, releasing earnings. So tell us about them. Yeah, so this is uh, obviously Facebook's parent company, which jumped about 15%, earnings beating expectations, uh, albeit generous low expectations. Um, Mm. Its revenue figure was a disappointment, but that was expected because back in February, that's when we had that huge 26% slump in the stock. And that's because Meta guided for disappointing revenue in this current quarter. So the fact that we did have softer revenue today didn't come as a massive surprise. Um, Nonetheless, investors were encouraged by its daily active users figure. This is a key metric that's closely watched. It came in at 1.96 
billion, which was ahead of analysts' expectations. And it's interesting because this stock was once very much the darling of the tech sector, but it's really fallen out of favour uh, among investors. You know, its stock is down by more than 50% since the peak in September. And it's this whole cocktail of pressures from uh, the inflationary backdrop, the threat of higher interest rates and what that could mean for debt repayments. Mm. And then this disappointing uh, revenue number back in February that seems to have spooked uh, investors. And so tech very much in favour in recent years, but really fallen out of favour this year. Yes, because I mean, tech at the moment is suffering compared to value shares, isn't it? We are seeing something of a seismic shift. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's not just uh, meta. We've seen a similar fate for uh, Netflix, which shares uh, slumped heavily and saw a slowdown in uh, subscriber numbers. But it feels as though there's almost a two speed tech sector um, that's emerging with some of the big winners like Microsoft, which interestingly has a consensus buy among all analysts on Wall Street, 25 Wall Street analysts all rate it as a buy. Um, And then we're seeing some of the weaker stocks really fall out of favour, like Meta and like Netflix in particular. Mm. Okay, time for us to take a brief pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Private Investors on Share Radio, where I'm talking to Head of Investment Interactive Investor, Victoria Scholar. Um, We're going to have a look now at, I think it's Standard Chartered. Um, We've got bank reporting at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, so we're in the midst of UK uh, bank reporting season uh, and Standard Chartered has really been a standout winner this quarter, shares surging as much as 16%. It reported a 6% jump in first quarter profit, which topped analysts' expectations, underpinned by this favourable rising interest rate environment. And the emerging markets lender also raised its earnings guidance for the full year. So that's been really helping to lift the stock today. And the bank says that it's had a record performance in financial markets. Uh, Clearly, it's clients trying to uh, navigate the volatility that we've seen in recent months, and also an improvement in net interest margins that, of course, on the back of interest rates on the rise. And that has more than offset an underperformance that we've seen in wealth management. Because as I said, this is an emerging market focused lender, And it's not necessarily a good time to be focused on emerging markets because China is projected to face a slowdown. You know, it's dealing with its COVID uh, cases and its zero tolerance policy, which is economically damaging. You know, Russia is near collapse. And also we're seeing the US dollar push higher. It's got some serious upward momentum and that tends to um, impact emerging markets in a negative way Mm. as well. But its wealth management division in China has been really struggling, but it looks as though it's managing to offset that given the interest rate backdrop. Okay. And uh, we're staying with banks, aren't we? We're going to have a little look at uh, Barclays now. Yeah. So we saw shares in Barclays jump uh, 4%. It reported uh, first quarter net profit of £1.4 billion, more than double analyst expectations. That's why we saw shares uh, surge, group income, uh, growing, sorry, by 10% year on year to £6.5 billion. And this is mainly thanks to strong investment banking earnings and income growth was driven by global markets as well. So a similar story that we're seeing in terms of standard chartered. But there is one uh, tricky 
element for Barclays, which is that it's set aside £540 million to deal with this issue, which is basically that it sold $15 billion in US investment products called structured notes. And that was $15.2 billion, sorry, more than it was permitted uh, last month. So that's resulted in an investigation by the US regulator, the SEC. So we have seen that provision. And on top of that, it has suspended its share buyback program. But we already knew about this issue before. And it seems as though investors are more focused on this strong bottom line number. And that's why we're seeing the shares move higher today. Um, We've talked in the past about if we are going into into a stagflationary environment, one of the problems many companies are going to have is whether they can actually afford to increase their prices or not um, and pass on some of the pain to consumers or whether they're going to have to bear it all themselves. And you want to talk about Unilever, I think, in regard to that. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen a pretty lacklustre reaction in terms of its share price today. It's not really doing much, but we saw first quarter sales jump by just above 7%, beating analysts' expectations. And the company is guiding for full year underlying sales growth to come in at the top end of its expected range. But the interesting thing out of this report, like you say, is about prices. It's already lifted prices by 8% this year. And now it's said it's going to push prices even higher again. And this is in an attempt to try and pass on that inflationary burden because it has been dealing with rising costs across the board and rising wages. It needs to do something about it because currently um, it's expecting margins to come in at the bottom end of its expected range this year. So this is an attempt to offset some of that margin pressure. But it will be interesting to see the extent to which it can pass on these um, costs to, to consumers, whether they will just take them on or whether that's going to lead to softer sales. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure on uh, the company's CEO, Alan Joe, because he was criticised a lot earlier this year for pursuing this acquisition of GSK's consumer health division. Um, and activist shareholders said, look, why is he uh, attempting to spend £50 billion to acquire this uh, part of a company instead of focusing on the business fundamentals instead? So, Following that criticism, now clearly he's trying to look at margin expansion instead. Victoria, thank you very much indeed. That's Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We'll be back talking to you again, I hope, in a fortnight's time. That's it for the Financial Outlook for Private Investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.